Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in to 34 Circe Salon. Just a quick reminder, if you could review this podcast on whatever platform you are currently listening, that would be great. The more reviews and ratings that a podcast has, the easier it is for it to be found in the search functions. So letting people know about us would really help us out a lot. Thanks very much. Enjoy this episode. Welcome, everyone. Welcome being a bad Martha. I am very excited to be starting this episode with some wonderful folks. And we are going to talk about that most stigmatized of functions of a body, and that is the menstrual cycle, aka getting your period, aka Aunt Dot is in town, aka being on the rag, riding the red pony, you name it, you name it, it's probably been said. So I have some wonderful folks that are joining me today, and I'm going to have them introduce themselves and tell you a little bit about themselves. First off, there is the fabulous Miss Kate. Why, thank you. And thank you for having me. Hi. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm Kate. I'm in the greater Los Angeles area. And I'm a writer who sometimes does acting. So that's me. <laughs> sometimes does acting. I love it. I love mm-hmm. it. Sometimes and, do and- the actress thing. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and you do it quite well. Oh, thank you. That's very kind. So do you. Yeah. Well, thank you. Absolutely. Next, we have the fabulous Ms. Kitten. Hi there. I am Kitten. I am also in the greater Los Angeles area. Uh, And I am an actress who sometimes does the assistant director and producer thing. So Kate and I should work together more, I think. Yes, absolutely. I'd be all for it. (laughs) You compliment each other well. (laughs) Wonderful. And we have the fabulous Ms. Amelia. Hi, everybody. I'm Amelia. I'm so excited to be here to talk about this topic. I am a professional menstruator, as I've been doing that for, (laughs) oh, 25 years now. Um, And I'm a self-love coach and healer. And I founded a platform called Self Love Story, which is a global online platform whose mission is to create content and programs and art that help people discover more of who they truly are so they can make self-care a priority. And this topic is so perfect for that. (laughs) Yay. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I am super excited to have you here. Thank you. I'm looking forward to the discussion. And last but not least, we have Ms. Kat. Hi, I'm Kat. Um, I am living currently in Kenosha, Wisconsin, and I am a caregiver and ABA therapist 
for people on the spectrum. And I also dabble in the arts in various forms of theater, painting, drawing, all of those fun things. Wonderful. Wonderful. Well, I am super glad to have you on the podcast. And um, all right. Thank you all for being here. Let's get started. I would love to hear what everyone remembers about their first period. How old were you when you went through menarche, which is the technical term for getting your period? Um, how did it happen? Was it traumatic? Was it great? That kind of thing. Do you have, um, did you have female, older female mentor figures around you who were able to sort of tell you what was going to happen before it happened or was it a big surprise all that kind of thing and um i am just going to uh go in the same order so if kate you wouldn't mind us kicking us off i know you have a rather dramatic story about uh how this how everything came to be so um, why don't you tell us? Oh, thank you. Um, my first period was actually kind of boring. I was getting undressed for a bath. It was going to be my mother's birthday that night. And uh, she was kind of caught up with other things. So after my bath, I just went to her and whispered, I think I got my period. And that was pretty normal. I think that's how it goes for a lot of people. Um, my second period was kind of traumatic because I guess it was how I found out that I have a bleeding disorder. And what happened was I took a bath because the first one was no problem on my first period. And I got out and I was hemorrhaging very, very badly. Yikes. And I had read stuff about, you know, oh, you know, some people are surprised by how much they menstruate. Some people are surprised by how heavy their flow was. Mm -hmm. And so my reaction was just to try to clean it all up as quickly as I could but I was still bleeding and I was bleeding faster than I could clean it up. And I remember oh thinking, I am really bad at this period thing. I suck so hard at having periods. But fortunately, my mom walked in on me. And if it weren't so scary, it would have been funny because she would have found me just on the floor with rags in my hand, blood going everywhere while I was trying to clean it up. But that's how oh they found God. out that I have uh, von Willebrand, which can be triggered by hormonal changes and can sometimes manifest in hemorrhaging through your period. So yeah. Wow. And they put me on birth control pills and it's been controlled that way ever since. Nice. Oh, well, thank goodness mm -hmm. they were able to treat it quickly. So you didn't have to go through that on yeah. a regular basis. It took a lot of blood, blood draws to find out what it was, but once, once it was done, it was pretty easy to treat. So. Mm -hmm. And, um, do you use, did you, when you were first on your period, did you start with tampons or did you start with pads or? That is a great question. I started with pads, but I've always been a water baby. I've always loved to swim. And I think I realized by the following summer that I couldn't swim in the ocean unless I had a tampon in. And right. I was determined to be able to start using tampons. And I remember no one had really taught me. So it was basically me on the bathroom floor at the hotel for about an oh, hour God. to an hour and a half and a lot of pain and a lot of heavy breathing and sweating and frustration and cursing under my breath until the tampon went in. 
Oh my but, God. Yeah. But from then on, I kind of swore by them. I'm like, why am I using pads? I, I, I just didn't like the pads at all. So it was a whole new world once the pa- tampon finally went in. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow. Were you, do you, if you don't mind my asking, you can, you know, decline to comment at any time. Sure. Um, were you a virgin when you used your first tampon? Yes. Yes. Yeah. I would be a virgin for many more years. I was a late bloomer that way. So. <laughs> Okay. Okay. Yeah, that was uh, when I tried to use tampons, I was a virgin and um, I must have still had my hymen because I could not get them to insert. And, Mm -hmm. uh, and I think because of that, I just got used to using pads and I used them for the rest of my life. I I suspect, I suspect that I broke my hymen in the process because it really, really hurt. Mm -hmm. And then when I actually did have, um, you know, what Dan Savage calls PIV sex, um, it wasn't nearly as painful as people told me it would be. So penis in vagina. Got it. Mm -hmm. Got it. (laughs) Yes. Just so you know, we, we use the adult words here. You don't have to use any euphemisms (laughs) and feel free to, you know, curse up a storm if that's what uh, floats your boat. Oh, that's fucking great. Thanks. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, so the, when you first got your period, had you had your mom talked to you about it beforehand or had you talked to, you know, an older female relative or like, what did you know about it before it happened? I didn't have a lot of time with extended family growing up or even my sister. Cause once she got married and moved away, she kind of became extended family by our family dynamic and how it worked. Okay. And my mom was very uncomfortable talking to me about these things. So anytime I had ever expressed interest in anything as a kid, she always bought me a book about it, which was great until puberty hit. And then she bought me books and the books were helpful to an extent, but didn't allow for a lot of question answer sessions. So, or like, you know, I was still very surprised when stuff started happening in real life in general on the whole. So. Yeah. Did you have any female peers that had gotten their periods before you? Uh, not that anyone talked about. It was in the South in the nineteen late 1980s. And I remember it was still, periods were very, very stigmatized. And even my coarsest of friends would not talk about them. Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. Wow. All right. Kitten, you want to tell us uh, your experiences? Sure. Um, I was, in some ways, I was kind of a late bloomer. I did not get my first period until partway through my eighth grade year. And that was how old? Oh, 13? Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, um, But like, I mean, I wasn't super busty and my hips weren't like super filled out, but I was already like developing breasts and I was already growing hips. And so my, my parents, my mom in particular, like I was, I was raised by hippies. So (laughs) there, there were no secrets about bodies. There was no, a bodily autonomy uh, or privacy in our household. The upside of that is that I was very well educated on what your period is, what kind of things you should suspect, like how 
all the parts of your uterus and vagina work and all of that. So awesome. like, I had that great wealth of information. Uh-huh. Um, but it also meant I had these conversations where, you know, my mom would be like, I don't understand why you're developing breasts, but you haven't had your period. <laughs> and, and, and you curled in on yourself and tried oh, yes. to disappear. Yes, because <laughs> occasionally these conversations were in public or with her random coworkers who I did not know. Um, oh, God. <laughs> so, yeah, like all of that, like, teenage, early teenage trauma um, and embarrassment that, that went with that. Um, but when my period did start, of course, it was in the middle of school. Oh, God. And I went to a horrible little school in super crappy Cobb County, Georgia, where, you know, I mean, like, for the first time in its history, the Olympic torch was hidden in a van and driven through Cobb County when Atlanta got the Olympics because Cobb County is so backwards and homophobic and everything else at the Olympics is like, no, you can't see our light. Um, wow. So, yeah. Um, so, and I was, I was horribly bullied in school. And so starting my, my period in a very public way amidst all of these horrible, horrible people was just another avenue of abuse. Yeah. Um, so, so even though at home it's like, yeah, it's your period. It's what happens. Go forth and bleed. (laughs) At school, go forth and bleed. It's great. great. Um, That's great. I'm going to have a bumper sticker saying that. Every young girl was given a t shirt at like a certain age. (laughs) Just like, we just started a business, y'all. And and I wish that like I had had the strength as a child when these people are like, oh, you're nasty, you're bleeding. And and they would do horrible things like in our common cafeteria area, they would tear open ketchup packages and squirt them through the little holes in the back of our plastic chairs. Oh, geez. So, you know, like I wish I had the fortitude then to be like, this is natural. This will happen. Yeah. but but I didn't. Like you're um, kids, so of course you don't. Yeah, right. like, yeah. it's just like you know. I'm like, there's a hundred and something of them, and there's one of me, and now this is this horrible thing that my body does. Yeah. Um, and I started off at a very early age having periods that were very heavy mm. and very unpredictable. And very frequent. Really? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Like I, like from the jump, my body is like, you're going to bleed for two weeks. Then you can have a week off. Oh and then you'll God. bleed for nine days. Yikes. Um, and so like, I, I never knew. Like constantly at school, I was on like high alert. Mm. Because I did not want another incident of bleeding through my clothes. Yeah. And and, and I think and I think every almost every girl I've ever known has gone through that moment of like having to tie a sweater around their waist. Yeah. 
yeah. and scurry off through somewhere. Did you go to the school nurse when you started bleeding or did you? Um, we, we did not have a school nurse oh. um, in, in Georgia that was not allowed. Um, okay. Yeah. Like that public school, that public school in Georgia, it was like, you know, so I, I went to the office and at the office, like I was allowed to like call my family, but both of my parents worked. Right. Right. So, so you got the other telltale thing that happened if you bled through your clothes at school and there was no way for you to leave, in which case, like, you know, the, the vice principal who was this hulking man. Oh no. Um, <clears throat> you would sit in his office and he would give you like, you know, the, the sanitary napkin that was the size of a small child. Yep. <laughs> and give you the these one that goes from your belly button to the nape of your <laughs> neck. Exactly. <laughs> and, and I found out in much later years that like, the sanitary napkins that are distributed to public schools, the majority of the time are ones that are actually designed for women who've just had surgery. Yes. <laughs> oh my God. Oh my goodness. So, you know, <laughs> so they're designed for that like medical industrial, like, right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you, you've had an episiotomy or whatever else. So, right. Right. You know, when they're like, we've got you covered, they mean like every square inch. Yeah. You have this man who's clearly like super uncomfortable having this exchange. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. give you this thing, explain to you how to use it, sort of. Tell you that like, if you bleed through it before the end of the day, you can come back to the office and they'll give you another one because- <laughs> You know, <laughs> goddess forbid they just go ahead and give you two or three of them up front. Oh, no, you can't be trusted with those. Oh, no. <laughs> God knows what you're going to do. Right? Like you bleeding humans. Can you, can you imagine the cost? The cost. <laughs> because the extremely thick pads are also lined with gold, apparently. Oh, yes. Apparently, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, oh, and, and then you'd be given, like a pair of sweatpants or some other like cruddy whatever left in the lost and found from somebody's gym class clothes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And you were given a paper bag that you could roll up your own clothes and hide in them. Right. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Mm. And, and I had this moment where I'm like, right. But before I bled through my jeans, Obviously, I bled through my underpants. Right. Mm -hmm. So to which, to which they're like, well, you know, you just slap that industrial sanitary <laughs> napkin on your underpants and oh be God. blessed. Or if you are extremely uncomfortable about it, you can take your underpants into the public bathroom in the school because right. all of them were public. <laughs> wash them out in the sink no. and sort of wad them dry with paper towels <laughs> and then put damp underwear on, which uh, is going to, you know, which is then going to soak through the, 
sweatpants. sweatpants. Yeah. And meanwhile, you're like, well, what am I supposed to wear while I'm in the bathroom washing <laughs> menstrual blood out? Oh, I didn't even bleeding. think about that. Oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, like, what, what plan is this? What choice is this? Um, oh, my God. So, so, yeah, that was, like, just fan-fucking-tastic. And, like, <laughs> and I get home, and, of course, like, now that I'm home, like, for me, again, this is, like, huge trauma across the board. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's, yeah. it's embarrassing, and it's awkward, and my clothes are messed up, and the pair of jeans that I bled through were, like, my super favorite pair of jeans. Oh, no. this was, like This was, like, the late 80s, and they were sort of, like high-waisted kind of puffy jeans that had a little button at the ankle yes so they had like that great shape and they had like little butterflies embroidered on the pockets on the butt get home and i'm like ruined clothes ruined emotions ruined life ruined and my family being just the very practical, this is just what your body does type people. They're like, yep, happens. Uh, Go to your homework. Go. Uh, Where's the emotional support? Right. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. It was, it was great. I've never had a good relationship with my period. Um, I, I've met some women who are like, this is a wonderful thing that my body does. It affirms life. <laughs> And I'm like, this is the devil crawling through through my soul into the industrial sized maxi bed. Eventually, um, like, I did get on the pill to help moderate my period. um, And I frequently had to change prescriptions. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. And I started doing the Depo-Provera injections um, much much later in life, like in my late twenties, early thirties. And I would go through months at a time without having a period. And it was brilliant. (laughs) Um, Loved every bit of that. Um, And then 10 years ago, I got a hysterectomy. Ah, Mm, okay. I highly encourage it. I don't know. Um, (laughs) I I, I had to fight for it. Like I I had to fight multiple doctors across several decades and it finally took like the death of my mother and an emotional breakdown in a doctor's office to finally get it done um but you know it's i i had a full hysterectomy not a radical one so i don't have my uterus at all but i still have my ovaries Okay. Um, and that means I still have the hormone fluctuations. That's, and that's what a lot of doctors prefer to do so that you don't have to be put on artificial hormone treatments or whatever else. Right, um, right. Yeah. But that also means that now I have the joys of PMS emotionally. Oh, God. And, yeah. like, and, and the cramping and all of that. But I don't have the periods. Interesting. So they're a little harder to, to gauge. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's a weird thing for me sometimes to have to talk to people and be like, sorry, I'm being all like, you know, angry bear or whatever, but I'm going through PMS and like, oh, I'm sorry. I just like cried at the last five commercials on the radio, but I have PMS. 
And people are like, but how can you have PMS if you don't have MS? <laughs> like, you yeah, like how can you have First of all, PMS? rude. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah. You know, it's like just because I'm not having my menstrual cycle, like just because I'm not actually having the period, I still have all of the hormones. Interesting. Interesting. Mm. Well, we're actually going to do an episode down the road on hysterectomies. So they, they I, are important for yeah. a lot of women's health. Yeah, and, yeah. Yeah. And there's, you know, and I don't know anything about them. If, if I walked into the doctor's office tomorrow and they said, you know, you need a hysterectomy, I wouldn't, I wouldn't know what that meant. So yeah. Yes. So we'll, we'll definitely we'll dive into that when we get into, yeah. into yeah, those definitely. episodes. Yeah. Sounds good. Sounds good. Amelia, how about you? Um, First, I'm just loving hearing all the stories. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm in the camp of periods are a beautiful thing. and um, But I also can recognize why we wouldn't feel that way because we're conditioned to not feel that way about it. Um, but I actually, I consider myself lucky. I'm, I was a super, super late bloomer. So I was actually 15 when I got mine. So I lied earlier because I said I've been mentoring for 25 years. It's more like 20 years. But um, <laughs> I was 15 and I was – my family was super academic. So I skipped a grade. So I was actually a junior in high school. So I went through all of middle school and more than half of high school without having a period. So yeah. I'll say the effects of that, that it was – Good and bad. Good because girls and my family and all the women always complained about periods. So I was just like, I don't have to deal with it. I don't feel bad at all. Yeah. Um, but I felt bad because there was also this experience of like, like feeling like a little girl among women mm -hmm. sometimes. Um, so it was, it was a little bit of both emotionally. Um, but when I got mine, I totally remember I was – with my family, my sister, her husband, my nieces, we went, we went snowboarding uh, and it was for New Year's. So I actually got my period on New Year's Day and mm -hmm. we were at the lodge and thankfully, you know, I already was wearing a lot of thick clothing and the ski pants and everything. But I remember when I was like going to the bathroom, I checked and it wasn't a lot. It was like the first the first one. So, or the beginning of it. Mm -hmm, so, mm -hmm. but I noticed, I was like, Oh, so that's happened. And I actually didn't tell anybody. Um, but again, since I was with my sister, she had pads with her. So I totally just stole a pad and put it on and we went home and then I bled more the next day, which was like, I guess the first full day of my period. So January 2nd, still didn't tell anybody there were pads in the, in the bathroom. So I put a pad on and then um, my mom was walking up the stairs as I was walking down the stairs to go tell her. Um, but so we're in the middle of the stairs in my house. Cause my stairs like loop around and I, and she's like, Oh, hi. And I was like, mommy, I got my period. And she totally just like hugged me and Aww. like started dancing with me. In the middle of the stairs. She's like swaying with me and she's like, 
my baby's a woman now. <laughs> and it was so sweet. Like we were, we were like totally swaying on the, on the stairs. And I was just like, I guess I am, you know, and it was, it was really nice, um, which was an, a pleasant surprise because I actually was never like specifically taught about periods and stuff, but I'm the youngest. I have, we have a lot of girls in my family. I have two sisters, a bunch of girl cousins on both sides. And like I said, I was like the last person in the world in the older generations now, because now there's younger generations to get my mm-hmm. period. So I heard, I, I absorbed about it through osmosis and there was always pads and tampons and stuff in the bathroom. So it wasn't like this secret taboo thing. And right. my sisters did teach me like about panty liners and stuff like, cause you know, before you get your period, you start like, developing breasts and hips and pubic hair and discharge. So I already like was using panty liners um, in preparation for whenever that came. So it wasn't like I was explicitly taught, but I, I knew, so I wasn't scared or freaked out or anything like that. I just was like, Oh, okay. That's happening now. Um, Like I said, plus being around girls, everyone got their period before I did. Like I was super, super late. Um, so that was cool. And, um, I've been regular my whole, the whole time. Um, knock on wood, I actually don't really have bad PMS symptoms or anything like that. No pain, no cramping. But I actually kind of hate you a little bit. I know, I know, I totally know. And so I know, I know. And I'm just like, it's just, yeah. So I... I, I think too, though, because part of what I do with my work with people is like teach them about cycles and periods. Men too, like because I because nature goes in cycles and stuff. And I'm like, I feel like I guess it's it's I'm a good person to talk about it because I don't have like <laughs> like horrible experiences. I, I've definitely had like the embarrassing need to do the sweater moment. I had definitely had a moment where I was at a party with a bunch of cute guys and just. Oh. Oh, no. um, but someone saw me it was a guy and he offered me his like like his like football jersey or whatever to tie her off my waist. Oh. Oh. I know it's so sweet because he saw it and I was like oh my god a boy saw a boy saw right right he just offered it to me and then Everyone like made fun of him because they were just like, it was summer. It was so hot. And you're like, why did he offer you his sweater? <laughs> like, and I'm like, because I was bleeding through my dress. <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah, I learned about it through health and stuff like that. But that's, that's my first period story. Right. And did you use pads or tampons? I used pads for the first like few months, but then I was really curious about tampons. I was always very uh, physically active, like sports, Mm -hmm. gymnastics, um, dance and stuff like that. But I definitely had the whole thing of like, and my mom certainly said things like, if you use tampons and you lose your virginity. Um, Oh, wow. Yeah, she was part of that camp. She was anti-tampon. But because I was in gymnastics, I think speaking of breaking hymens, I broke my hymen probably years before when I was like 12 or 13, when I yeah. fell on the beam one time. So, okay. cause I remember bleeding and I was like, well, I guess I can use tampons because <laughs> 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 it's 
funny the things we think about. Um, so I never really worried about that. Um, and yeah, when I started using tampons, so much, so different worlds. I'm like, what? I can like walk and move around. <laughs> um, but now I'm a diva cup. I'm a I'm a cup girl. Ah, very cool. When did you start using that? Uh, the cup I started using maybe three or four years ago. And um, well, I started using the disposable ones maybe six or seven years ago. But I didn't really know anything about like the actual reusable diva cup until my girlfriend, she was such an advocate for the cups. And now I've gotten so many women on cups because she was an advocate. And I was like, yeah, whatever. But what sold me was when we went to the Korean spa. Mm-hmm. And I knew that she was like on her period, like full blast. And she was walking around naked and we were having a good time. Like we were like, we went into this private room and we put on music and we were just dancing like naked. And she was like, just like coochie in the air, all kind of like we were twerking. And, we were having a good time. and I was like, girl, you just like, this is a commercial for Diva Cups right here. And I was blown away at how just comfortable she was. And she was like, I told you. And I was a Diva Cup girl from that point on. And I've got so many women on Diva Cups because I'm like, you want to go to the spa? You want to just walk around naked and just have no worries? You can change it just once. Well, depending how heavy you are. Um, But you don't have to change it that often. It's reusable. You save a lot of money. It's a much more feminine product. solution um better on the environment better on the environment you don't have the pink tax there's no bleach and all all kinds of stuff i might have to ask you about those later (laughs) yeah no the the cups are the way to go absolutely yeah Mm -hmm. um how about you i i was actually thinking about this and just Oh, I've just been absolutely dying hearing everybody talk about stuff and just sitting here. I think I've, I feel like I'm about to break my neck, just nodding up and down like, yes, 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 that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And yeah, I'm going to stop you for just a second and I'm going to make a okay. little timeline footnote. Um, you're, you're a little hot. Can you move back from your mic? Is that better? Uh, say testing, testing one, two, two three. three. You're still really loud. Um, maybe move back a little bit further and let's try How's again. That? Okay. That's good. That's right. better. Okay, great. Good, good. Yeah. Okay. So you were saying. Um, I, I remember actually before getting my first period, I remember there being this weird thing that happened actually when I was 11, which I didn't know, but apparently the school that I went to had this program that they subscribed all of the female students to, and it gave them your home address and they sent you a box of basically like, welcome to your period stuff. And oh my God, oh, wow. none of us knew it was actually coming. So... All of a sudden, I just have this. Yeah, I just have on this brand. box, and my mom comes in and she gives she gives it to me. She's like, "What is what is this box? Like, what are you? Don't get mail. Like, what's going on? You're 11." And 
I remember opening it up and taking off the packaging and different stuff and pulling out the first thing, which was a box of like three sample tampons and seeing what it was and looking at my mom. And I think just the look of like horror and embarrassment on both of our faces of like, what is this and what's going on? Like, where is this from? This is so weird. (laughs) And that year we had, that year we had started talking about periods and stuff in health, but it was always, even up through high school, I always had the exact same thing as far as health class where our health class was always normal and it was about talking about muscles and sports and like nutrition and stuff and then we always had one day a year that we did the sex talk or anything to do with puberty and most of it was Mm -hmm. just a bunch of horrific pictures of various sexually transmitted diseases (laughs) and maybe about six and a half minutes of actual information about um, what happened during a period as far as things go in the human body. And I remember, I still remember one of my teachers making the biggest emphasis on saying, and you know, uh, actually it, it may look like different amounts, but the average person bleeds about eight tablespoons. So uh, if you, if you have some spoons at home that you can look at like measuring spoons, you can, uh, you can see that. (laughs) <laughs> it it's oh just yeah it was it was a whole it was a whole thing and I remember going back to the box with my mom and her sitting there and basically being like oh so yeah you guys talked about this in health right and me just being like yep that's that's thing cool and I remember her <laughs> smiling and I think trying to make it kind of a nice moment and she's like well welcome to womanhood. And I just remember sitting there and being like, I, and I think I even said, I'm like, I, can we be done now? Like, I just, because <laughs> I still hadn't gotten, I wouldn't get my period until a year after this as well. So this was just such an wow. odd, weird experience. And then yeah, flash forward to a year later and I'm in the bathroom at school and suddenly I look down in my underwear and it's just like, oh, that, okay, that's definitely blood. That, okay, so we're doing this. All right. Had nothing, yeah, nothing on hand because yeah. just had, had always been told, oh, you're going to have PMS symptoms. You're going to have stuff that's going to tell you. And my body was so out of whack as far as what it was doing. It's just like, oh, no, I think we'll just throw this in there today. And so went through <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> the menstrual engineering of toilet paper in the underwear and oh yes. yeah, oh, yeah. So, mm-hmm. I've had many of those. And then moments. proceeded to get through the rest of the day, go home, dig out that box, figure out you know what I could use of it, and then proceeded to basically keep it to myself. And I don't think my mom actually knew that I had gotten my period for like the next three years because we just never talked about that stuff in my house growing up. Ooh, and wow. so it was, or if she did wow. know, she never said anything. Cause like, I would assume she must've figured it out right. to some degree because I was eventually stealing supplies from her bathroom though. Would have been great to actually know the difference between a pad and a panty liner because yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah because the difference. box <laughs> that I got did, it had like eight different varieties of tampons 
but had absolutely no pads whatsoever. And so I had always heard about pads, went into my mom's bathroom and found panty liners. I was like, oh, okay, cool. I had been told what a pad was supposed to do as far as capabilities, tried to use one as such. That didn't go well at all. I didn't have yeah, enough sweatshirts no. to get through that year. <laughs> oh my goodness. But yeah, it, and it was just wow. when, you know, talking about going to the principal and getting the, you know, basically small mattress pad to put in your underwear at any point. Our teachers were so out of touch with talking about stuff. I still remember my eighth grade science teacher at one point who had the I think was under the impression that girls had the ability to hold it until they got to the bathroom. Because I read wild. Yeah. I've, I've actually heard that from more than one source that they were talking to some guy and, you know, and, and the guy was clearly under the impression that Mm -hmm. women could control mm-hmm. when they bled well, oh, I, I remembered <laughs> asking or sorry, this this is why and I, I remembered asking him at one point because I had tried to you know very discreetly I had felt that I was starting to bleed through and I was like okay I really have to go to the bathroom and so I kind of ushered him over finally and was like I you know I really have to go to the bathroom like I'm about to bleed through I really have to go to the bathroom and he just went Puh and walked away and so I like after he got back to the, front of the class I raised my Rude. hand again and I was like oh and he at that point addressed me by you know the miss my last name and then asked me do you need a garbage bag oh to sit on if you can't hold it no. until you get to a bathroom <laughs> oh. Oh my God, that is mm-hmm. so unacceptable. No. Oh, oh my God. God. Non-bleeding humans, I need y'all uh-huh. to get educated listening yeah. to this episode. Like, oh, this is not yeah. okay. And, yeah. and I need you to get educated without asking your bleeding humans to educate you about it. Yes, this Seriously. is what Google is for. Yes, right. it's not right. hard. Use it. Use it. Yeah. Oh my God. Can I mention oh a, a story about my worst leaking experience? Because I left that out and it was pretty early on in my period experience. Is that okay? Sure. Yeah. I don't know if Kat was finished with her story though. I want Kat to finish her oh, story. Oh no, I first. think that's I think that's pretty much it. And then I think anything else that I may have had a thought on, I think will work its way into the the rest of the conversation <laughs> just fine. That's very kind. Because I was hearing about these people's, you know, y'all's bleeding experiences, and I, I'm from the South too, so we may have to talk later, fellow Georgian. Um, but this was before I moved to Georgia. This is when I was still in North Carolina, which was even redder then than it is now, um, 1989. And I middle school went to an amusement park with some girlfriends. And they weren't the best girlfriends, but I was really awkward. No one else would hang out with me, so I took what I got. And we went on a water ride. And I was wearing white shorts. Oh, no. no. And none of my friends, they all got out of the ride behind me and nobody said anything. Oh, Oh, no. Oh, girl code, people. Girl Girl code code is is sacred. It took 
I took a stranger who was a girl. God bless her, whoever she is. I hope she is thriving and happy now. She <laughs> is thriving, up, karma. Yeah, tapped <laughs> me on the shoulder and whispered very gently, like, I, I'm so sorry, I don't want to embarrass you, but you have bled all <sighs> through your shorts. So I was wearing a hoodie, and I tied it around myself, but... If, if, you know, she had never told me, I would have known. The next time I was able to get to a bathroom, I took the hoodie off from around my waist and my shorts looked fucking oh tie-dyed. It oh was like, God. I could have worn them to a Grateful Dead concert and no one would have been the wiser. <laughs> oh my God. Oh. And then later, those same friends wanted to go on another water ride. And when I said I didn't want to, for obvious reasons, they ditched me for the rest of the day. Well, yeah, that is just not cool. Just no. not I have cool. a funny story about um, educating non-bleeding humans oh, and yes. panty liners and periods. Okay. <laughs> so, because I want to share, I want to share an example too of like when it when it looks right. So those girls at the water ride, that's what not mm-hmm. to do. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. <laughs> um, so, and this was actually before I started bleeding, but I still understood like the whole joke. But my sister-in-law sent my brother, her husband, to go get pads because she had started bleeding and she didn't live there and she didn't have her stuff. So we're all in the house. Like my whole family's there. It's probably the holidays. And we hear her like squeal and she's like, oh my gosh. And then she's like, and he's like, what? Did I get the wrong ones? And she's like, I can't believe you got these. And then my other, my sister's husband pops in and he was like, what? No wings? <laughs> <laughs> and she was, and my sister was just like, I should have sent you to get them. She was like, he knows what's up. And she's like, he, and my brother's like, what? What did I do? I got you the things. I the period things. And she was like, you got me panty liners. And he's like, I don't fucking know the difference. Oh. Was like, panty liners are just like, the, you're, when you're not on your period, I would need to put on like, did you want to read the box? And he was like, I don't know. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but the best was when my brother-in-law, who clearly frequently buys for my sister, pops in like, just the perfect comedic timing. He was like, what? No wings? Because my sister is very picky too. And I know, so it was just funny because you could tell that she definitely ripped into him an- another day about no wings because he got the, the pads without the wings. Um, and then my sister was like, at least they were actual pads. So, you know, we need to educate. and um, But it was oh, yeah. a learning experience for us all. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Don't Absolutely. forget the wings. Don't, Don't forget, forget the wings. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah, I um I had uh you know, it's funny. I don't remember how old I was when I got my period, but I I know that it was very late because I think most of my friends already had theirs by the time I started bleeding. But I had like a false start because I remember I was in the bathroom at home and I saw blood and I called my mom and, you know, and she said the same thing. She said, well, you're a woman now. <laughs> wow. Isn't that interesting? I mean, I, mm-hmm. and, and I feel like that's, I feel like that is an interesting and very dangerous message. Mm-hmm. Yes. That we're sending to 
to our young mm-hmm. leaders. Mm-hmm. And and you'll forgive me if I if if I continue in this just referring to people as bleeders and non-bleeders and our young bleeders because you know it's not only people mm-hmm. who identify exactly. as women or as girls. Absolutely. Exactly. And, yep. and I not think not all women have periods, and not all people who have periods are women. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Um, and but I I feel like there's. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I recognize like my upbringing was a little more like I absolutely came from the generation of free range parenting. Mm. And, you know, I was a latchkey kid and, you know, and I was given a lot of independence to just like go off and live my life. But I feel like there's, there's a lot of stigma, both socially but both socially and sexually when we talk to these young people and we're like oh because you're bleeding now you're a woman you're an adult right mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. and you know and and of and i apologize to everyone in advance for making this statement but growing up in the south of georgia a phrase i heard so often was if it's mm-hmm. old enough to bleed, it's mm-hmm. old enough to breed. Oh, oh I heard that. Yeah. And like, yeah, I, I wish because, like, you know, at, when people get their periods, like, it's a different experience across the board. As you continue having your period throughout life, yes, there are generalities. Yes, the average person only bleeds eight tablespoons. Some people don't have cramps or like the emotional symptoms of PMS or the cravings, you know, some people, you know, it's horrible. They have, you know, premenstrual dysphoria and have heightened issues from this. And I feel like when trying to process all of that and trying to feel, you know, trying to figure out where your body is going to land on this broad, broad spectrum of symptoms to also suddenly be given this weird expectation of now you're an adult. Yeah. Yeah. Sort it out. Everything in life, you know, sort it out. You're an adult. Yeah. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Yeah. I think it's also that sense of, yeah, like you mentioned earlier, like a, I think your your period or your ability to reproduce being tied to womanhood is 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 a problem because I think you know there are women in my family who had hysterectomies when they were in their early to mid 30s they didn't stop being women um because I have a bleeding disorder and an autoimmune disorder I can't really have children and I told my stepmother this and she started crying and hugged me and said that's okay you're still a woman <laughs> it's um <laughs> some of the most tone deaf non-needed comforting I've ever received but yeah um yeah I think you hit the nail right on the head it's it's very strange and I think it's Mm -hmm. it's archaic I can see how maybe back in the middle ages you know girls (laughs) at the age of 13 or 14 once they started bleeding were regularly married off but that was not a good thing and it's good that (laughs) we've left that behind Yeah. And, and, you know, in, in cultures that have child marriage nowadays, the health issues that um, women have are 
are horrific because they are having sex and getting pregnant and giving birth before their bodies are ready for it. Just yes. because they get their period does not mean that, you know, their body is ready to carry a child mm-hmm. to term. So yeah, I mean, equating those things is, is, is a dangerous message. And I, I know that my mom meant it as, ah, uh, not really as a, a compliment is the wrong word, but meant it to be a positive thing. Like, right. And, yeah, and like I feel like it's with, a, I feel like it's a backwards way for adults to be like, okay, now you're part of this tribe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You, have, you have crossed this milestone. You have endured this, this first moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, and, and there is, I think, for you know most adult bleeders i think there is something of a tribe i mean who who of us hasn't like quietly passed off some sort of feminine hygiene product to someone mm-hmm. in the bathroom or yeah. had that yeah. fall out from under the stall and like right Did anybody have a tampon? <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah and, well, i think i think what we're speaking to generally is like there's a difference between the physical aspects and characteristics and qualities and then the emotional side, right? So yes, technically your body is physically technically ready. But the thing is some leaders lead as early as Mm -hmm. eight or nine years old. And so emotionally speaking, like, okay, just because your body's physically ready to grow a baby in there that doesn't mean you're emotionally ready and I think with a lot of different educations we forget the emotional mm-hmm. side of it which we shouldn't There's both aspects and then also the assuming of the now you're a woman or whatever and what that could mean there's a lot of compliments and things that we say that we mean well but they're very heteronormative or they're very they, they put people in boxes that don't give room for to just have your own interpretation, more like, how do you feel now yeah. that you had your period versus now mm-hmm. you're a woman? And like, what if that young leader is like, I don't know what that means. Exactly. <laughs> That's a very, oh, heavy, yeah. Sorry. I mean, like, I, I, it, I would have been so much happier in these moments if somebody had been like, if I'd been like, oh my God, I got my period. If somebody just been like, cool, high five, let's go get a hot punch Sunday. That would yeah. be perfect. There's no better response to that I, I can think of. Yeah. We earned I mean, that hot fudge Sunday. There's never a bad time for a hot fudge Sunday. Um yeah, and and uh and the idea of celebrating that first menstruation, honoring that passage, but in a way that doesn't assume that it means well you know, you step through the door to womanhood, boom, you're done. We're done here. <laughs> you can take it from here on your way. It, yeah. Oh yeah. No yeah. more lessons it's, left to learn. It's so crazy yes, exactly. how we're willing, like our society is totally willing. Like, I mean, now I think we're starting to finally make a lot of progress and move forward in different ways, but it's, it's just crazy to think about how for so long, people have been totally okay with rolling the dice on passing this exceedingly large mantle onto people who are 
potentially in no way prepared to carry it and take it on and then go, okay, now I'm going to be hands off. Like you, you know what to do. And it's one of those where I look at, you know, I look at my mm -hmm. own situation as somebody who never had, who's never been exceedingly regular. And I remember within the first two years of getting my period, I had one point where I didn't get my period for six months. And then there were other times when I got it, you know, anywhere from three to five times in a single month or or an entire month at various times. And and I didn't oh, tell anybody because I just, I didn't feel like that was something that I could go to anybody and talk to about with on anything with that. And it's just now I look at it and part of my brain goes, well, really glad that that didn't work out worse kind of thing. But I also look at I have no idea what that's cost me because at this point in my life, I'm 31. I've had two miscarriages. I've had a series of PMS symptoms that have gotten worse throughout my life. And I look at different stuff of now I'm taking charge of and have been for a little bit now in life as far as my menstrual health and overall bodily health as far as that goes. But I look at it and I'm just kind of sitting there and I go, wow, what, you know, what of these things possibly could have been changed had I known something else? I'm absolutely with you on that. You know, I feel like there's so much that I had to figure out for myself or ask Mm -hmm. a doctor and not even a lot of my doctors could answer the questions I had. And I, when it came to like things like PMS, I didn't Mm -hmm. have mood changes, but I would feel like I was getting Mm -hmm. the flu. Like I would get like a migraine, full body aches, low grade fever. I would just feel terrible the week before. And it wasn't until like maybe three years ago that I had a doctor who said, oh yeah, that's PMS. I'm going to change up your birth control. And now I don't get PMS anymore. I don't get periods anymore as a result, which was also a surprise. But, um, but yeah, it's just the fact that like our doctors shouldn't be the only people we should feel comfortable asking about these things. And, and I, I wish we had more resources Mm -hmm. growing up, more people we could go to. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because as at that age, you were going through so many um, emotional changes and, you know, and as you enter puberty, your hormones are going crazy and you cannot be expected to initiate mm-hmm. those conversations. Mm-hmm. You know, it has to be someone, someone who is older, who comes to you and says, you know, let's talk about this. Even when you're like, Oh God, I don't want to help. Can we please be done with this? You know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. You can be like, no, we're we're just gonna talk about this. You know, if you if you can't look me in the eye, that's fine. But I want to talk about this with you because this is information that you need to know. Mm-hmm. And, and I feel like there's so many other like there's so many other health issues that we just talk about all the time. They're very out there. There's tons of advertisements. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so there's like, hey, you know, if, you know, you you have weight issues and shortness of breath, like you could be having these heart conditions and like, and these things that are like pushed mm-hmm. very much in your face on the premise that if you don't start looking at these things in advance, like these are things you need to stay ahead of. These are things you need to monitor for. Why can't we do that for periods. Why can't we do that for all of the hormonal issues that come with periods so that so that our young bleeders have a chance to to look at stuff and 
be like, you know, even if you aren't super comfortable talking to an adult figure in your life, or if you don't have an adult figure that you can reach out to, there should be more mm-hmm. commercials out there yes, that are yes. just like, hey, you might not have your period, but if and when you get it, you might have some mm-hmm. of these symptoms. Yeah. Yes. You yeah. know, and those symptoms might be nothing or they could lead to larger problems down the line. So if you can, please try to talk to a doctor. Mm-hmm. Has anyone ever set up like, I don't know about the history of this. Has anyone ever set up like a hotline that young girls could call with their questions about things like this? Oh, wouldn't that be interesting? I'm sure there's stuff out there. Well, at least now, especially there's lots of different apps and things. Mm-hmm. And um, I know this woman actually, she even developed like a period game or like a, where you learn about your period and the cycles and things like that. And I think what we're speaking to is, um, we need to normalize these types of conversations because the only reason, well, maybe not the only, but a big reason why young people would feel embarrassed or not want to talk about it, it's because of the conditioning of the culture that they grew up in. Mm -hmm. Because, and there's this term that I, I love using, and I don't know if it's relevant for this specifically, but a term like symbolic annihilation is when you're not, you don't see yourself represented in the media that you consume. Mm. You must somehow not be important. So that speaks more to like diversity, racial media representation, but also like the normalization of what women actually mm-hmm. go through. So I mean, because I, I, about I don't it, know though. about y'all, but there's absolutely no blue fluid that ever came right? out. Right. <laughs> exactly. Right. Exactly. Isn't that hilarious? Wait. Like they can't, they can't even use mm-hmm. red fluid <laughs> on the commercial. They have to it's use it Yeah, my favorite was I brought it up in front of my partner at one point because there was a period app that was going on for pads and talking about how much it could hold and everything. And I was just like, I just don't get why they have to use blue fluid. And he just looked at me. He's like, doesn't it show up better? I'm like, better than red. And he's like, oh, I guess. Yeah, I guess you're right. (laughs) Better. (laughs) And, And specifically, if we can look at it and be like. Okay, yeah, that's just some blue tinted water. Yeah. Through large portions of your period, it mm-hmm. is thick. Yes. It is yeah. dark, mixed with mucus. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. different colors. I, the first time I had a black period, oh, yeah. I freaked the fuck out. <gasps> Nobody told me that I was going to pass a clot half the yeah. size of a lemon and that that wasn't, that was just going to be a, a Tuesday. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. my right. God. That was a surprise. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and then when it when it's when it's you know suspended in mm-hmm. the toilet bowl, hanging out with its little streamers <laughs> coming out right and left, you're like, holy yeah, shit! Like, is I that saw thing alien. Alive? I think I know what's happening here. <laughs> exactly. I'm pretty exactly. sure I had a few waves. This must be why know. I had all that pain. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. what you were. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep. Have you have you noticed that your periods have changed? over the years cuz mm-hmm. mine definitely did like i went through i went through cycles where i had pms and then i didn't have pms or i had cramps and then my cramps got less so as i went through the years i i sort of cycled in and out of symptoms did anybody I'll, else have that i have I'll that share, oh yeah something about that like um 
not exactly answering your question, but Mm -hmm. kind of. My period changes when I'm healthier. So when I'm eating healthier foods that are like less toxic and processed and all that stuff, my symptoms are much different. Like I don't really have the emotional, the deep, the, the big emotional fluctuations or anything like that, like, or feeling the bloating and stuff like that. Um, but what I will say too, that I Mm -hmm. think is important to say is also the awareness, like the more that I learned about my cycle, like which hormones are going up and down, how long each cycle is, how to like, how to basically schedule my life around my cycle where like, if I'm in my luteal phase, that's when I shouldn't be working with in group projects or when I'm in my follicular phase, that's a good time to you know, do some networking for my business and things like that. Like having an awareness really helps the symptoms a lot. And I think it's like we condition young bleeders to think that when they're PMSing that they're bad because it's like, Oh, is it that time of the month? Or like, why are you? But the truth is PMS is when we're in our luteal phase, when we're in our luteal phase, actually we're very tapped into our boundaries and our, um, preferences. And that's why, you know, we get quote unquote bitchy, but it's really, we're very sensitive to what we want and what we don't want, which is a beautiful thing. And I, I don't think we view bleeders in that way where the whole world should really follow that cycle because it really tells us a lot about when is a good time to do things. When's a good time to sell? When's a good time to rest? And we don't follow that because we're in this like, go, go, go do. You're only worth as much as you can produce kind of energy. And when a bleeder has their period, it's only good for reproduction, which is, it's not true at all. It's good for so many other things. So Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it's gotten much more regular yeah, once I'm a once I became really aware and I track my cycle and I think because I track it that's another reason why it's so, like literally to the day I know when I'm going to have my period and what my symptoms are going to be and what phase of the cycle that I'm at so I don't expect too much from myself or too little from myself. And I think we need to educate all bleeders in that way and non-bleeders yeah. because mm-hmm. everyone needs to know how to follow these cycles. That's important. Yeah, that's a really beautiful point. I think I've been through issues where, you know, I think a lot of us, uh, especially those of us who might be like over 35, over 40, kind of, you know, grew up with that mindset of go through, push through, push through. If you feel like crap, doesn't matter. You have to keep acting like nothing is wrong. Like you don't feel anything wrong with your body. And I think, you know, that really awful PMS I used to have, it used to happen like without fail. If I was doing a play, I would always be PMSing during tech week, which was just the worst because it was like, I felt like I had the flu combined with a migraine and wanting to like not eat and throw up all the time. And just like, it was tech week and I work full time too. So like getting no sleep on top of it. And I'm like, man, if I'd known my body better and known to respect my body better, it would have been like, well, when's tech week for this show? Okay. looks like I'm not going to do that show then. And, and also looking at other things, because, you know, yeah, over the years, you know, my, my period changed. Um, and a lot of that was sort of contingent on like what medications I was on specifically, like if I was on birth control, if I was doing uh, the Depo-Provera injections or anything like that. But also I had times like, you know, before being, you know, before getting on the pill, 
I'd have times where I'm like, I'd be horribly sick. And, you know, I'd go to the doctor and they'd be like, oh, you're anemic. We're going to put you on iron pills, blah, blah, blah. I wasn't truly anemic. I was just having my period. Mm. And so like looking at those impacts of like my period on my overall health, as well as my overall health on my period. Like it, right. it was a two-way street. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, and, and again, like as as a young bleeder, like I wish I had been I wish I had been more in tune with these things. I wish I had doctors that had paid more attention. Um, like it's it's weird now. I mean, I like I'm 10 years into having a hysterectomy and I feel like every time I go to the doctor and they're like, is there a chance you could be pregnant? I'm like, no. <laughs> You've been my doctor for three years. You know I have a hysterectomy. It's in my chart. Mm -hmm. Why do I have to keep answering this question? Yeah. But when I was younger, I don't feel like I got asked a lot of the, are you having your period? Mm. Are you, like, where are you? Do you know where you might be in your menstrual cycle to look at how this might be impacting your overall health? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, how is your cycle? Are you a, are you a heavy bleeder? Are you a light bleeder? Does your period last seven days? Does it last five? Does it last three? These are interesting, you know, these are questions about your health. Right. Well mm-hmm. as, and yeah, and to any you know, young bleeders or pre young bleeders who might be listening to this, Notice that all of those numbers, you know, three, five, seven, nine, like it's not just that they're prime numbers and we think they're great, but like all of these are valid time frames. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not automatically like you'll bleed for five to seven days. Maybe, yeah. we'll maybe, see you will. More, maybe less. Yeah. You know, it yeah. doesn't mean that there's something wrong with you, but if you have questions or concerns about it, talk to someone, ask somebody. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Because it may be, and you know, this is where I will sing the praises of Planned Parenthood. Oh, yes. Because, yes. God bless them. Yes. Because they are, you know, you're, someone was saying about how, you know, you, your doctor may not even know that much about menstrual cycles, but Planned Parenthood, you go there, if you have any problem with your lady bits, that is, you know, they are so knowledgeable. They're so patient. They're so good um, that that is the place to go. And, it, you know, if you have questions just about, is my cycle normal? That that is an excellent place to go mm-hmm. because they will have, you know, they have seen so many people who are bleeders that they can tell you from practical experience, if nothing, you know, even if not their medical training, they could just tell you from experience. Yes. We see people all the time like this or no, this is unusual. Let's look into this further. And, and if you're a bleeder who maybe doesn't have a trusted designated adult to teach you about the different hygiene products Mm -hmm. and how to use them and how to use them safely, Go to Planned Parenthood. Yeah. Yeah. They will they will teach you. They they will teach you, you know, how to put in a tampon. They will teach you how to put in your diva cup. They will teach you 
good positioning for, you know, for wearing a pad. Yeah. Like they'll, they'll be there for you for that, you know? And it's like, that <laughs> they'll, they'll have your back. Yeah. Yeah. They absolutely will. Mm-hmm. They absolutely will. Yeah. Yeah. I actually wore a pad. I, I started my period right when the whole toxic shock syndrome oh. stuff oh. hit. Yeah. So, you know, the one, the one time that I really tried to use a tampon and, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't make it work for me. And then, you know, with the toxic shock syndrome being in the news on top of it, um, I, I stuck with pads my whole life. And when I first got them from my mom, they were in fact the kind where you wore a belt and then you hook the pad on the front at your belly button and the back at, you know, like the mm-hmm. top of your ass. <laughs> yeah. And, and it was like wearing a diaper. So, you know, anything, the stick on pads after that were, were comfortable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but, um, but I started using reusable pads about 20 years ago and I saved so much money and put so fewer, you know, pieces of cotton into the landfill because of that. But, you know, it was, it's definitely, you know, you wearing it, you know, you know, you're wearing it, you know, it's not like you can ever forget that you've got a pad in because it is fairly bulky. But um, I would, uh, so you rinse them out because they're reusable, you rinse them out. And this gets into a little bit about menstrual ceremony is um there is a native american tradition in the sioux tribe that if a woman gives her blood to the earth that um that it will not ask for the blood of the tribe's warriors oh wow Wow. so it it serves as a kind of protection ritual for the men of the tribe if the women give their blood to the earth so I would um, I would soak my pads in a bowl of water, and then I would take the water outside and pour it into the earth. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. 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 Um, so that kind of leads into one of the questions that I had, which is, have you ever been in a situation where you were honored for being a bleeder? No. No. <laughs> um, Hard no. <laughs> Would have been nice. Would have been really nice. It's yeah. kind of. Um, I I was in a relationship for a while who my partner's absolute favorite favorite time to have sex and especially oral sex mm-hmm. was when I was on my period. There you and go. I, and I know I so many people I know, especially those who identify as male, are usually like, ooh, ick, no, meh, meh. And I, I just gotta say, like, there was a certain there was a certain thing about having this thing in my life that I was still like, despite being like a full-on, like grown-ass adult, living my life, paying my bills. Where I was still like, no, 
this is, this is a quiet thing. This is an embarrassing thing. And yes, the vast majority of people will go through this at some point. Um, because guess what bleeders we outnumber the non bleeders <laughs> in the world. There's more of us. Um, yep. but that aside, like it, it was still sort of like, no, no, like I I'd slip off to the bathroom with like trying to be like super sneaky about hiding the tampon that I was carrying with me, you know? And that was like in my own home. Mm. I'm hiding it from the cat, I guess. I don't know. Um, but like, but then being in a relationship with somebody for whom this was not only normal mm-hmm. and natural, it was exciting. Nice. It was beautiful. And she's just, you know, and, And so to sort of have something where you're like, this is quiet and I'm embarrassed and nobody should have to see me like this. And to have her look at me and be like, this is beautiful. You are beautiful. This is normal. This is natural. Right. There is nothing wrong with you. You do not Mm. need to hide. Mm. Right. Or apologize for it. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Like that, that meant a lot. Yeah. Yeah, I did have one boyfriend, lover, who, um, who went down on me when I had my period. And the first time I tasted menstrual blood was in his mouth. Mm. Nice. Yeah. And I... I have asked since then, and I'll ask now, have you ever tasted your menstrual blood? Yes. And if not, why not? Until recently, I was always very squeamish about body stuff, particularly stuff from my own body, but I was raised in a household where body stuff was dirty and tasting body stuff was dirty. So I think that complex kind of stuck with me. I mean, the first time I ever saw my own vagina, I thought it looked like the Sarlacc (laughs) pit from Star Wars and it was completely put off. I was like, how could anyone, it's the Sarlacc. Why would anybody want to get near this? Um, So yeah, I think I've never really engaged in tasting much of my own anything. So I think the, the period blood was sort of part and parcel with that. Yeah. I would piggyback probably on that same thing because just even even with thinking about what we were talking about earlier with like the beginning and learning about the different products and stuff, like the I think yeah, periods or anything really pertaining to like vaginal style genitalia was pretty much labeled in the like, ew, that's gross. That's dirty. That's like, we don't talk about that. We don't, why would you want to do that? That's kind of, and so I think while I have definitely changed my headspace on reprogramming myself from how I was brought up thinking about my own body and others, I think it's just one of those things where it's and also just to say even where I live right now smack dab in the middle of more of a like hometown style midwest area it's not exactly what I would call 
sexually progressive or even just straightforward health-wise progressive as far as like, let's explore our bodies and learn about stuff and treat them like it's not the work of the devil. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 It just, it's, I, I guess it strikes me so much because, you know, if you cut your finger, the first mm -hmm. thing you do is put it in your mouth, right? To stop the bleeding. So we take, you know, we, we have no compunction about, about the taste of our own blood if we're bleeding mm. in other ways. Mm. And menstrual blood is, is just blood, you know? It's no different. And yet the thought of tasting your menstrual blood, like immediately everybody goes, Gah! Right. Yeah. And, so. and honestly, like if it hadn't been, if it hadn't been for that girlfriend, it's probably not something I ever would have done. Yeah. Um, but, you know, tasted it on her lips and it was also, it also became that like, oh, well, you know, if she'll do this for me while I'm on my period, I should do it for her on hers. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, so we had those moments and, and eventually like, you know, we were together long enough that like our cycle synced up a little bit. Oh, and sure. yeah. so like we had like a, you know, both of us were just having a horrible, horrible day emotionally and, and physically because of our periods and our hormones. And we were like, you know what, we're going to run a good hot shower and we're going to stay in there until the water runs cold. And we're just going to do all the things with each other. <laughs> nice. And, and it was beautiful. And we, we got out of the shower and we cozied up. And like the next morning we go into the bathroom. We're like, okay, yeah, we totally should have like, washed out the shower. <laughs> before. Get a rinse. <laughs> it, it looks like, you know, a murder scene in there. <laughs> right. Right. It's a delightful moment. And, you know, and again, and I think that may have actually legitimately been one of the first times in my life where I was like, I, I am a person who bleeds. This yeah. is just what happens. And, you know, this means there is going to be mm -hmm. blood on things sometimes. Yeah. And you know yeah. what? That's fine. Yeah, exactly. And I, and I feel like kind of like that's that's my message to all of the other bleeders out there. Yeah. Of like, you know what? If you bleed through your clothes, if you bleed onto a piece of furniture, if you bleed onto your sheets while you're sleeping, mm -hmm. so what? Yeah. So it's yeah. normal, it's going to happen. It could be a pain <laughs> in the ass, but it's not but it's yeah, not it's like the world. It's not shameful. It's not, you know, something that you need to hide. It's not, yeah. It doesn't make My you friend, bad. It doesn't make you a bad person. It wasn't a mistake on your part. Mm -hmm. It's just part of life. Shit like, happens. Don't, don't feel bad about it. And don't let anyone else make mm -hmm. you feel bad about yeah. it. Yeah. Right. Yes. The, the, yes. the minute you bleed on something or someone and they flip out at you for it, or they're like, that's so gross and wrong and want to hide themselves. Yeah. That is someone who is overly delicate and you do not need. Yeah. <laughs> or someone who needs to be, you know, teased, teased away. <laughs> yeah. Or, you know, gently teased away from this mindset that you know that bleeding is is somehow bad because a none of us would be here 
if some of us weren't bleeders. Mm -hmm. And B, at any given moment, one quarter of the bleeders in the world is Mm -hmm. on their period. Yep. I mean, think about that. If you're in a crowded room, none of us are because of the pandemic these days. But, you know, think back to the last time you were in a crowded room. About a sixth of the people in that room were on their period. So, you know, how can it be something wrong if that many people are regularly in that state, you know? It's like saying cellulose is wrong. Yes. It's like, this is something that all women get. How can it <laughs> because, be wrong? Because it, just it is. It because just periods is. are the one thing that absolutely breaks all the societal stereotypes of female beauty and purity that are rooted in pedophilia and can't be argued away at that point. Because it is the marketing of adolescence and transitioning into the next stage of life. That's where it's like you get the definitive, nope, now you're going to feel bad for it because you blew my fantasy. So you're going to feel shame for it. Yeah, yeah. And I think there's a Facebook meme going around too. It's about like, you know, it's it's probably one of the only sources of blood that isn't born Mm -hmm. of violence of some some type. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Interesting. Very true. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I think about like, if you've ever been walking down the street and you see a used menstrual pad of some kind on the street and just, you know, people are like, you know, I mean, it's more horrifying than a rat for crying out loud. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, I mean, I'm far more disgusted by people who are currently leaving their like (gasps) pandemic face masks. Right? (laughs) Yes. Yes. Um, so how often do you, uh, well, okay. So I'm going to lead into this with my experience. So, you know, why am I asking this question? I, I don't bleed anymore because I am now post menopausal. I have entered my crone phase. <laughs> Thank you. Put on the but, wolf pelt and howl. Exactly. And when exactly. the pandemic's over, we'll take you out for a hot fudge Sunday. <laughs> yeah, that sounds great. That sounds great. There is a tradition that says I am keeping my power inside me now, Ooh. rather than shedding nice. it every month. And I kind of, I kind of like that. Nice. I kind of like that l- way of looking at it. But um, when I was uh, bleeding, I would make a point of talking about it in mixed company because I think that a lot of non-bleeders, like it does not cross their minds that, that bleeders are doing this every month Mm. and that the person that you're talking to at any given moment might actually be on their period. And, you know, my friend Michelle taught me the phrase gushing blood (laughs) from my puss, which became... (laughs) which became one of my favorite things to say in mixed company (laughs) because it's such a beautifully, a beautifully evocative phrase um, to describe what was happening to me. And if it was the first three days of my period, I was indeed gushing blood from my puss. (laughs) So nice. And it also, um, 
for me, it lowered the barrier because I co-taught a class um, with a gentleman friend. And at one, because I think I was so free talking about my periods, at one point he came to me and, and asked me questions about his students, his bleeder students, and like whether or not he could believe them if they said they had to sit out exercises because they were having issues with their period. And it's like, well, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. You have to. And even if they're lying, too bad. You have to believe them. Oh. Anyway, sorry, I went on a little monologue there. But um, I guess what I wanted to ask is, is do you ever talk about your period? Absolutely. At this point in my life, I've, I think I've decided that it's one thing that because I felt shame for it for so long and was made to feel like I was dirty and it was something that I had to be embarrassed about. I think a big part of it is me forcibly taking back that power and that control and going, Nope, this is something that my body does and it does it. And it's amazing because there are times when I can even still function when it's going on and function at, you know, exceedingly (laughs) high rates where I always used to laugh because um, I, in a working situation where I worked uh, at one point with a lot of um, people who were non-bleeders and they made a point of, oh, see, this is, this is why all y'all can't do anything because like you just, you need to take a break a week out of every month. This is why you can't be good workers. This is why you can't be anything. So it was very much a, I'm going to push through every period, no matter how bad it is. And I'm going to make sure that I am top-notch marking over every single person there. And I'm going to start making it right, real right. apparent. Like, and I set it up so that I, for several months, was outperforming all the non-bleeders that I worked with. And then started making a point of just being, I, I can't remember what the first thing that he was that he asked me, but I must've just been not looking very well. Cause I do, I do tend to get a lot of physical ailment type symptoms when I get my period. And mm-hmm. I think he had just mentioned something about, uh, you know, you, you look like right next to death right now. And I finally just looked at him. I was like, yeah, I was like, dude, if I move from this desk chair, there's going to be a murder scene where I was like, just, it's not going well. <laughs> and all of the color drained from his face. And it's one of those where like people who you can say that it's mean or not, whatever you want to do as far as how it is. But there is something to be said for the power that I suddenly realized that I had in every single conversation with people who did not feel that dominance over their own body and menstrual cycle and everything in that moment. And so it's one of those where I... I heavily encourage it just because I know how amazing it felt for me to not have to feel ashamed and dirty and be able to sit there and take pride in something, whether it's, you know, later in the thing and I'm starting to regain my strength and feeling and it's I'm starting to really be able to celebrate that feeling of, uh, as one of my friends said it more recently that I absolutely loved, it was almost kind of like shedding um, being a snake and shedding your skin and having this whole new vibrance that you emerge from. Or I can be in the first couple of days where I'm just like, get me a knife and cut it out. Like, oh God. <laughs> and I, you know, luckily I have a, a wonderful partner who just thinks that it's fantastic and he will join right in and he's just not even phased by it anymore. But every now and again, I'll 
get a little bit creative just to see if I can throw him off still on different things because it's fun and it's <laughs> as soon as you don't have to feel bad it's amazing how fun it becomes yes mm-hmm. yes it gives you a freedom that you know that guys experience non-bleeders experience mm-hmm. on a regular basis right that freedom from mm-hmm. feeling shameful exactly about your period yeah yeah. And it is, I find it fun to talk about not only because, you know, you can make certain people squirm, <laughs> but, um, but also because it is, you know, it is a middle mm-hmm. finger to the patriarchy, right? Because the patriarchy would really like to keep us feeling ashamed and shameful about the fact that we bleed. And if you, if you speak about it in public as if it is no big deal, as if it is a part of your life, then you are, you know, you're flipping the bird to the patriarchy and, you know, I'll do that any day I can. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I was never, I was never one to talk about my periods in public much. Like I never had a huge issue late at times of people being like, Hey, can you do blah, blah, blah. I'd be like, no, I'm having really bad cramps. I cannot. Yeah. Um, but I, and again, it's like, because being raised by hippies and my parents, you know, especially my mother was very much like, let's talk about all of these like big private things in very public ways. Mm. And I had those like stigmas as a child. Cause you know, it's, when your mom's talking about her period in the middle of red lobster where, (laughs) you know, everybody in Albany, that's like their fancy night out for dinner. Um, Like you sort of carry that with you. And, and and it's funny because I'm sort of like, I'm exactly the opposite of Kat where she's like, you know, because you were taught that this was like shameful and stigmatized. Like now you're taking it back to be able to talk about it. I sort of have the opposite. I'm like, no, I was taught that this is just an absolute piece of life. And now for the love of God, please just be quiet. <laughs> like, I'm like, nope, nope, can't. I've always been very comfortable discussing these things in the abstract. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not necessarily my period. Right. But periods in general mm-hmm. I can talk about them and and I have also been that person who like strolling through the drugstore and you know seeing that guy on the feminine hygiene product aisle looking <laughs> just overwhelmed like he's about to throw up and you know walking up being like picking something up for mm-hmm. for a bleeder in your life and I'm like uh, uh, and I'm like tell me a little bit about them maybe I can help That's great. You can't tell me about them. Tell me about their bathroom. Mm. Have you you seen a box? Like what color was it? Was it like, you know, try try to give them those leading questions to figure out like, does their bleeder need tampons or pads? Does their bleeder, you know, need something for heavy days or are they a light bleeder? Do they like... You know, yeah. and just getting to them to talk about this in a totally normal, like, I'm going to hold your hand and I'm going to help you with this. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's in addition to be afraid of. Yeah. 
And I'm like, and in addition to getting this, you're going to go to the candy aisle or you're going to go to that like kitschy little gifty aisle. Yes. And you're going to find something else. Like you're, you're going to find some little like $2 stuffed tiger. And you're going to take this tour too. Cause That's wonderful. Just that, just that extra little thing to be like, I have achieved this task. And here, this is just a thing to make you feel a little bit better. Nice. You know, Very if, nice. If you're at that point where you're like, you're, you're having to send your designated non-bleeder out into the world to do this for the first time. Like mm-hmm. there's, there's a reason why you're staying home. Right. Yes. Right. And, yeah. you know, that little extra something to have that person come to you and be like, I did this and I didn't get a treat <laughs> to reward myself for being a decent human being, but I got a little treat for you because I know you're probably dealing with something a little Mm -hmm. rough. Another thing, another thing that I have found that can be super helpful um, that I've recommended for my bleeder friends and non-bleeder friends is depending on who you are in that situation, there is nothing wrong with also taking a picture of your products that you like and just text that right to them. Just be like, here, this is exactly what it is. You don't even have to do a math problem about it. Like, I've had so many non-bleeder <laughs> friends right. who I've... I've gotten that call while they're at the drugstore and they're like, I don't know what to do. <laughs> like there's so many, what if, there's so many shapes and colors and I don't know. And it's like, text her and ask her for a picture of the stuff that is right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah take a picture of, of the, the box, box, do whatever you need to do. Yeah. But it's like, yeah, just, I will, I feel like you, you all can appreciate this story though. And I think it's one of those where I, I have to brag on my partner for two seconds Because I think one of the moments that (laughs) I just remember falling even deeper in love with him was we had gone to the store together and he offered to go get the things that were going to be in that section of the store. So he took that part of the list and I remembered going and finding him after I had found all my stuff and he's standing just in front of the wall of all the feminine hygiene products And he's found the area with the products that I like, and he's just staring. And so I'm, of course, in my brain, and I'm just like, okay, yeah, just, I get it. It's hard. I'll help. No big deal. And so I walk up and I was like, what'd you forget? And he's like, well, no, the one that we usually get is fine. It's right here. But then this one that just has a little bit more is on sale, which would save us the next time that we have to buy them. So I was just thinking we should do this. (laughs) And I'm just like, you get me. Aww. You get me so much. <laughs> nice. Oh, that's nice. very sweet. I think I think when that I've had to send wonderful. people in the past, I've had to get very specific. Like, here's the brand, here's the type, here's the flow amount. Like, you know, when you move into a new apartment, you have to like say the make, mm-hmm. model, uh, you know, via VIN number, license plate number <laughs> for your car. I've had to get like that granular with it. But yeah. but I think I yeah. I remember. My my husband, I think a major moment in our early relationship was the first time we had sex. I was on my period and he didn't mind. Um, you know, this is when we we're first dating and we were using a pillow just for, I guess, leverage, I suppose. And uh, I bled on his pillow where he puts his face at night. And I remember I'm a recovering codependent people pleaser from hell. Um, And so I'm hearing how free y'all have been about talking about it. And I'm like, man, I wish I had, you know, had more therapy before I stopped (laughs) bleeding because I I feel like a wasted (laughs) opportunity has happened. 
But, um, but I remember at the time, it was this is like 11 years ago, and I bled on his pillow, and I said something to the effect of like, I am sorry, I am so embarrassed. And he's like, don't ever be embarrassed about this sort of thing with me. And I mm. married him. So. Oh, nice. <laughs> nice. Yes. Good. Good. Well done. Mm-hmm. Well done. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, um, does anybody have any any other thoughts that they'd like to throw in? I think we're we're getting to the point where we can start to wrap up. So, but I don't want to leave anything unsaid. If there's something you want to say. I'm just so happy that we're all doing this and able to have this conversation. If you had told me even 10 years ago that I would be doing this and having this conversation and that I would not only be listening to other people say the things that have been said, but saying the things that I've said, I would have told you <laughs> that you you were absolutely nuts. I would, like, you clearly don't know <laughs> <Yeah>. me. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, I'm glad that you are at this point. And I, yeah, I, I wish that all of us had been able and been in circumstances where we could have gotten to this point earlier than we did. Because, yeah, it saves, it saves us all a lot of shame. Mm -hmm. And, And I think in looking at things like there is, there is a lot of progress that has been made. Uh, for the longest time, like there were no advertisements or commercials for Mm-mm. feminine hygiene products. Yeah. And then you started getting them, but they were all like the woman in her flowing white dress running through a field being <laughs> filled with joy. Right. Yep. And like pouring the the little test tube of blue fluid onto something. And, you know, but even with that progress, there is still progress to be made. It wasn't all that long ago that there were all these news stories about a company having to pull its advertising because they showed red fluid. Yes. In yeah. their commercial for their feminine hygiene products. And this was like, I mean, it's, it's tw- I don't know when people are listening to this, but right mm-hmm. now it's 2020 <laughs> as we're recording this. And it's December of 2020. And it was like, it was in this year that those commercials were pulled because people were flipping out about how horrific it was. And these things should not be shown. And so, yeah, I just want to say to to all of the bleeders out there, it's still a bit of an uphill battle, Mm -hmm. but try not to be ashamed. Try not to be embarrassed and have each other's backs. Because even if, these are not experiences that you want to share with non-bleeders, even if this is not something you're comfortable, like reaching out into the world being like, when I bleed, it's like this, is that okay? Like, right. even if that's not a thing you want to put on blast, find your fellow bleeders, form your coven. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> have, have your tribe and have each other's backs to share these moments and these experiences. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't have put it yep. better. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It is it is an act of resistance. Yes. It's not only gonna make your life better, but it's also an act of resistance against yeah. the patriarchy. And anything that we can do to undermine that at any opportunity, we must do. And really, I mean it's it's your health. It's yeah. your yes. physical and emotional health yeah. and taking care of those things 
should never be a point of shame or fear. Amen. Wonderful. Mm -hmm. And on that note, thank you all so much for joining this conversation and for being our very first guests on the Being a Bad Martha series. I uh, look forward to many conversations uh, with hopefully you as well as other women on these uh, similarly quote unquote sensitive topics. Thank you for having us. It's been an honor. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. It's delightful. Yay. All right. Well, everyone be safe out there. Uh, If you want to email us your stories about um, instances where you've been shamed about uh, being a bleeder or instances where you have um, stood up for being a bleeder and refused to feel shame, we would love to hear them. Just drop us an email at info at 34circesalon.com. And be safe out there, everyone. We'll talk to you next time. Bye. Blessed be. <laughs>